This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. President Trump signed an executive order on Monday aimed at bringing transparency to health care costs. The policy requires doctors, hospitals, and insurance companies to provide pricing on tests and procedures so that patients get an idea of the costs and the option to shop around. However, the order isn't clear on whether facilities would be required to disclose the average rate they get from all insurance or make it specific to each individual's insurer. And some hospitals and insurance industry experts say this may backfire and cause facilities with lower rates to raise them if they see their competitors charging more and making more of a profit. The final process is going to take some time, perhaps months, if not years, as the details have to be worked out and negotiated with the industries involved. With more, we're joined here in studio by Matthew Greenman and Atul Gupta, both who hold the title of Assistant Professor in Healthcare Management here at the Wharton School. Gentlemen, great to see you. Good morning. Thanks. Thank, yeah, thanks for having us. Thank again. you for coming in. The genesis of the idea, transparency on healthcare costs, good idea in your opinion, Matthew? I mean, it, it's hard to see uh, how it would... I mean, I guess you, you talked before about it, how it might backfire. Right? Yeah. And, and I think the, uh, the, the the first question before you think about how it might backfire is, is you know, will it fire or could it fire in right. the first place, right? And, and I think, uh, you know, on one hand, it seems like you let people know what things cost, give them better information, put it out there. It can only help, right? On the other hand, you know, the, the few studies that are out there on this uh, – you know, I think the surprising thing we, that the people have found is that you know, these things seem to this transparency uh, kind of put information out there. They seem to help less than than we might expect. That's all. Yeah, I, I agree with Matt actually. So all the most of the evidence that we have uh, from peer reviewed studies on transparency tools show that one people actually don't use them as much as we think. So there's a lot of chatter about oh, if I knew about the price, I would actually price shop. Right. But the evidence suggests that a very small fraction of people who have the the tool available to them actually use it, and then conditional on using it, uh, as Matt was saying, you know they don't actually change their behavior that much. Uh, although there's some new um, new evidence now that suggests that there is a little bit of price shopping for you know so-called uh, homogenous things like tests, mm-hmm. uh, imaging. Uh, and there, you know, people do end up uh, reducing costs, but not by much. It's like on the order of three to five percent. But you bring up the point uh, of people. I think in general, where healthcare is concerned, we kind of take it at face value. It is what it is, and, and we move on because we know, in many cases, it's it's some sort of procedure or process that we need to have. Yes. So healthcare is 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 obviously an expert service. You don't know what's the right thing to get. You don't know if they're all equal. Uh, you know, some hospitals have a better reputation and so on and so forth. So you generally do what your doctor tells you to do. <coughs> um, uh, and, and and then the other thing is that because insurance tends to be generous, people don't face the brunt unless you're on a high deductible plan. Right. I mean, and even if you're in a high deductible plan, a lot of these services that people are concerned about, you know, you have something terrible happen to you, you know, uh, you have a heart attack, you know. These are cases where you're you're going to go through that deductible even if you're in a high deductible plan, right? So it, there there are a lot of services for which uh, you know we're not going to be paying the the marginal dollar anyhow, which is mm-hmm. also going to kind of decrease the incentive to search. So then the opinion that that has been put out there by the insurance industry that this has the opportunity to backfire, where 
the entities that are already pricing some of these procedures low will have the opportunity to <laughs> to push costs higher, push prices higher. Is that a, is that a scenario that you see occurring? I think it's possible, but it seems to me like a, a less likely scenario. So, uh, we've, I've done a little research with a, a colleague, Ashley Swanson, where we looked at actually hospitals getting access to information on what other hospitals were paying for their medical device inputs that they were they were buying. Right. And in that case, you know, it's it's one of these uh, sort of studies where you do find some savings, um, you know, from those who find out that they're paying a lot for uh, a certain item that they, uh, relative to other hospitals, that they, they buy a lot of. Um, but, but the savings are relatively modest uh, compared to, you know, the huge price variation across hospitals and what they're paying for these things. And, and we don't see any evidence of this uh, kind of hypothesis that insurers have put forward where, you know, the people who are getting the lowest prices, you see those, uh, those increase. Right. But I, I mean, I think all of this, you know, evidence that, that's out there, one of the big caveats, as, as a tool mentioned, is that you, know, you don't see a lot of adoption of these uh, these things. Right. So we, we really don't yeah. have a world in which we've seen all of a sudden everybody knows everything. Right. And, and so I think that's a you know, forecasting what happens in that world is, is a really difficult thing to do. Mato? Yeah. So, and actually, you know, just to continue what Matt was saying, you know, if he was talking about his study, and actually, that's about hospitals. And if you think about hospitals as firms, and for the moment, let's assume that they want to maximize profit, they should all have actually responded, you know, completely. So, if hospitals are not responding, then it's actually difficult to imagine that consumers, you know, with all their flaws and all their lack of information and and other things that they have to do in life. Uh, would actually respond to this. And as far as your your question about, you know, can we see an increase in prices, um, it's obviously possible, but um, there's also this counter view that, you know, there are consulting firms already which make this kind of information available if hospitals want this information. Right. So they can already have that information today. So it's not necessary for them to actually have this kind of transparency tool to bargain with insurers. So how much then it, it does this really fall in the lap of, of the patient, of the consumer himself or herself, to be more aware of this and, and to be aware that, that some of these options are, are out there already? I mean, I, I, honestly, I think that's really an open question. Uh, so employers have taken the lead on this. Many employers have provided these trans- price transparency tools right. to their employees. But even they're struggling. I mean, I told you adoption rates are pretty low, if I'm not mistaken, on the order of 10% or so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we theorize why that could be the case. Right. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think, you know, since insurance is pretty generous, uh <laughs> And 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 like Matt said, you know, if you have a heart attack, you're not going to check on the price. Yeah. So these yeah. things these things really only uh, have a room to play on 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 you know services which you can delay services yeah. where you can actually price shop. So and that that's relatively a small proportion of healthcare services. Matt. Yeah, I, I think uh, some studies have put this you know this amount of shoppable services at something like forty percent of uh, of healthcare expenditures. But then you know again you have. People still, uh, you know, have deductibles that they may or may not be going through, so they may not have an incentive to shop. Um, I, I think that, you know, the most optimistic thing, if you want to paint the the rosiest potential picture of, you know, this transparency could have a, a big effect in, in kind of the way the administration hopes it might. Right. Um, I, I think that would, would be, you know, the world in which you know, 
all of a sudden you have maybe maybe a lot of people still aren't using it, but maybe you just get you cross some threshold where maybe ten percent, twenty percent of people are shopping, and all of a sudden you know it's that as economists would call it like the marginal consumer, right? So the consumer that that is really switching back and forth that right. the the hospitals or healthcare providers are really trying to compete for when they set their prices. That person maybe is informed, and then it, like that would be the most optimistic world where you know your price is now starting to be driven by a searcher, even if everybody isn't searching. Do you think that there could be an element of this also that may develop over time because of the switch of generations using healthcare services? Like the baby boomer generation, they may not go looking and searching for cost savings as much as maybe millennials will who are more digitally savvy, especially if this information is available online. I think that's a, a, a valid, uh, you know, a, a valid potential hypothesis. I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think as a tool mentioned, these, uh, you know, employers who have been providing these tools, I think they have plenty of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of young tech savvy people who work for them. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the results have been a little bit discouraging there. So, um, because, you know, you have to remember that healthcare is not, price is not the only thing, right? It's not a homogenous product. It's not a commodity. So, right. you know, for example, even these young people that you're talking about, you know, other things are more important sometimes like convenience. Right. Uh, so even if they know prices, they may still choose someone who's just available when they want that person. But it, it, even with the, some of this information being out there, I think the the belief by many people, consumers out there, p- potential patients, is, is that they are they are in a world of darkness in, in terms of of understanding this entire process. So if you can deliver a message to the to the average consumer about this. Uh, and, and the potential of what President Trump and his administration think can actually benefit here, what are some of the components you think are the most important ones to pass on to the consumers in general? Uh, so definitely the out-of-pocket. I mean, the the if so the total price, I think, negotiated price, I think, is important because some people are still in the deductible, and so then they'll pay the whole price. Right. And then once they're beyond that, I think it's important to know whether the physician accepts different types of insurance or not, because that determines what the copay or cost sharing would be. Uh, I think that's what consumers need to know. I would also add uh, some sort of quality measure would be useful. Uh, So it should not just be only price transparency, but also some sort of quality rating or ranking. Okay. And I think CMS has had a lot of success with facilities, not so much with individual physicians. How would you handle something like that? Because you're talking about, you know, <laughs> a lot of doctors, a lot of individuals working in healthcare that that you'd be giving basically a, a rating system to, correct? It's not that far-fetched. I mean, so CMS already does it for hospitals yeah. and nursing homes. So it's possible for facilities. Uh, it's probably possible for physicians too, right? I mean, depending on what kind of... Uh, the, the biggest hurdle in this is actually to agree on quality metrics because okay. that's where the medical community and the administration will tend not to agree. But once you can agree on that and you can have some expert commission develop those, you know, once you agree on those, I think just the mechanics of calculating and making those public is actually not that difficult. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I I mean, I think, uh, you know, I I hate to keep, uh, you know, throwing some doubts on this, right? But if we we think that, uh, you know, providing information of this type is going to is going to, to help, I mean, perhaps it can get to a better place than we are right now, right? But 
I, th- I think a, a good study to look at or an interesting study to look at is uh, there was an interesting paper a few years ago that asked the question, uh, you know, do, uh, do pharmacists buy Bayer? Right? Asking the question of, you know, who buys generic versus branded, you know, simple pain medications, yeah. right? And that's an area where there's there's kind of a lot of light shining on things, right? And it's somewhat common knowledge that, you know, generic ibuprofen and uh, and and you know, branded ibuprofen may or may be similar, yeah. if not exactly the same, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, they're both sitting there directly in front of you when you go to the store, and the prices yeah. are just right there. Yet still, a lot of people pay the extra money for, yeah. for Advil and maybe the candy coating or something. I don't know. Um, and, and it turned out what that study found is that, you know, the the only people who consistently buy the generic ibuprofen over the, the branded are pharmacists and and doctors right and, and so and so i think what you're what you'd be so asking they may know something that maybe the the rest of community wants to follow right so but i think this gets into you know even if that tech savvy intelligent young person you know knows all the prices out there and these quality metrics and and, and so on you know asking them to be expert enough to still you know make a decision that's going to to drive competition between providers is you know that seems like it's a it's probably a leap beyond asking people to decide whether or not to buy branded ibuprofen. So then let me ask you this then. Obviously there are elements of the healthcare industry where you have this transparency and 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 it really it is showing some benefits. But do you think this industry as a whole can can have that type of impact especially as, as Atul said how many people are you know have had a heart attack and they say wait hold off on my medication until you give me the pricing structure for the for the you know for the uh, for the work that you're going to do yeah i mean the the most hopeful obviously that's not going to be where it yeah. makes a difference yeah. right I, I think that you know the other potentially hopeful uh, you know place to look is that there were some studies on um I think it was Vermont that uh, that required people to report charges on hospitals. So this isn't even the actual prices being exchanged. This is kind of like the prices that no one pays that the hospital has on a list somewhere, right? And, and so you don't really expect much to happen there, but they did find a little bit of something. And where they found it were you know, some of the charges for items that were just seemed a little bit out of whack with like anything that would be reasonable, mm-hmm. right? So to the extent that we think you know people document huge amounts of price variation you know across hospitals for very similar services to the extent that information is going to be out there and, and hospitals are going to have to actually defend the fact that they have these things yeah uh, you know to the public at large that that might be another mechanism it's a little bit outside of you know most of what you know we would think of as economics but that would be another thing where you might imagine some movement not so yeah and actually to follow up there was actually a study from New Hampshire because New Hampshire has this price transparency tool. Um, it's been around for a while, I think, and somebody looked at that. And actually what they found was, again, adoption. I mean, people actually are very less likely to look at these things, Mm -hmm. but because the prices are out there, he found that over time, dispersion in prices actually went down. So especially for, you know, commodities, Mm -hmm. like an X-ray or MRI or something of that sort. So maybe there is hope, you know, maybe it it just requires, you know, like a threshold fraction of consumers to start using these tools and then providers will will maybe start reducing price dispersion. Right. I guess for many people out there is the consideration of having to shop for your pricing for your for services. Should that even be a consideration in the first place? 
uh, I mean, to the extent that these are differentiated products, they'll have different prices. So, uh, right when you're talking about like doing an X-ray or you know going right. getting hair, but but like you know just the concept of, of what healthcare is, you know, I, I think a lot of people would sit back and say, okay, I understand that we've got to do it because of, of such of the wide margins you have in prices, but but why do we have those wide margins in the first place? Yes, yes. So. Um, and 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 I agree. I mean, there's a lot of evidence which suggests that we have some ridiculous amount of variation in prices within the same market, within the same hospital, across insurers. Uh, and 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 I and I and I think that's the motivation for this price transparency. So uh, and it's probably not linked to costs. So uh, yeah. So I think that's a fair, that's a valid point. I think we've all recognized that 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 is a problem in healthcare. There are lots of other factors which probably lead to this. For example, market power. Some hospitals are very dominant in certain markets. Yeah. For example, pain uh, in our market. Uh, and and uh, but I don't know if I don't know if price transparency alone will get us there. It, right. It's certainly a step in that direction. But I don't know if it's enough alone on itself. Matt. Yeah, I agree with uh, with the tool. I, I think uh, you know there are other forces that that make uh, healthcare uh, prices high and, uh, and and that drive some of this variation uh, across providers that that don't necessarily have anything to do with whether or not consumers know the the price. They're so paying. then, do you think that there there is a, a a ray of hope for the consumer out there? I mean, obviously, the, much of this story has been the rising cost of of healthcare in general. And obviously, part of that is also playing into all of the new technology and and the new research that is going into improve medicine as we move forward. But should the consumer feel confident that not only are they going to be able to get the best care, but also they're going to be able to get it within reasonable expectations of cost moving forward because of how the cost of everything continues to move up? Yeah, I, I mean, when you talk about the the trend of cost, it's 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 hard for me to figure out how transparency is driving that or lack thereof is driving that right. that trend in the sense of transparent things have been unfortunately opaque in this kind of expert market as they are in many expert markets right like uh for for a long time and um and that hasn't really changed, right? So I, I think some of the things that have changed are some of the things that you pointed to with, you know, maybe technology and new technologies coming out, which in some sense might be good, right? Like these are great things that are prolonging lives and improving lives yeah. while, while we're here. And so maybe we want to pay for those. At, and at the same time, you know, in terms of competition and concentration, I mean, hospital mergers has been kind of the, the keeping uh, keeping the FTC busy for uh, the last 20 <laughs> years, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, something that deserves a lot of attention is provider concentration, um, both in hospitals, but also in, you know, physician groups and, and not just horizontal mergers, but also hospitals buying physician groups and, and so on. Because uh, there's been a lot of recent work that shows that that tends to drive up prices. So I think, you know, price transparency is great, but we should also think about some of these other forces. 844-WHARTON is the number if you would like to join in. 844-942-7866 is the number with a comment or a question for our guests, Matthew Greenman and Atul Gupta, who are both uh, assistant professors in healthcare management here at the Wharton School. 844-942-7866. Or if you're not able to get to your phone, you're more than welcome to send your comments on Twitter 
at Biz Radio, B-I-Z Radio 132, or you can use my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. In, in making this announcement, the White House mentioned confusion for patients because of lack of information. That You have both kind of alluded to the fact that this information is out there. So that confusion may come from the consumer not diving deeper into it? Or where do you think this this potential confusion that they talk about could be coming from? No, I mean, I think this information is out there for some people. It's not, I, I wouldn't say it's universally available. Uh, some employers have bought these transparency tools. Some states acquire it, but it's not universal. Uh, as far as the confusion is concerned, unfortunately, there's a lot of research which shows that people just take bad decisions. So, uh, you know, they may be confused even after the information is available. They might right. be even more confused. Uh, so I think there's dissatisfaction that they don't know the prices in advance, and that will, and this step will address that dissatisfaction. Let's go to the phones. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, Jerry is on the line. Jerry, go ahead, sir. How are you? Uh, that's actually Terry. Oh, Terry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Terry. Oh, it's okay. So I'm an, uh, I'm an orthopedic surgeon in the city of Phoenix, and I am the member of the medical staff at multiple hospitals. And when we've looked at this question of the variation in price, the biggest issue you find is that because all insurance companies outside of Medicare keep their pricing private and they don't have to disclose anything as to why they pay you what they pay you, the hospitals and physicians feel as though I have to bill and I have to do things a certain way and I have to hope that the insurance company, which is for profit, will treat me fairly. But because of the laws and how hospitals and doctors are not allowed to talk about pricing together, because that's considered illegal and collusion, right. everyone is doing their own thing. And by making pricing transparent as far as what it costs, yes, that will, I think, help consumers have a better idea of how much it costs to take care of them. But until there's transparency that is mandated by law from insurance companies to where now the consumer knows this is what they're gonna repay for all of the care I received, no matter how good it was, this is what they're doing, until the insurance companies are made to be transparent as well, making hospitals tell you their pricing, I don't think is going to have that much of an influence on medicine. Jerry, thanks very much for your comments. Greatly appreciate it. Gentlemen, who would like to step up first? Atul? <clears throat> uh, so I, I guess I guess the, the gentleman's question is that, uh, or his, the point he's making I think is a valid one, that uh, you know, just making some prices uh, transparent and not all is is probably you know the, I think a partial partial step is not as good as a full step. So I think <clears throat> I agree completely that uh, you know if the administration is doing this, it should do not just for hospitals but mm-hmm. for all facilities uh, and all physicians and all, all services. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if you know any one is more important than the other. I wouldn't I wouldn't say. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I'm- one thing that kind of related to the comment, at least, is you brought up earlier on, Dan, the, this issue of you know, how will this be implemented? Right. right? Will will this be you know hospitals have to report some average price? Will this or will this be you have to report insurer specific prices? And and I think, at least, if I'm, I'm understanding the the comment correctly, that it might argue for uh, having both provider and insurer specific price information out right. there right and then right. that would help shed some of this light on how you know even the same doctor or the same hospital are, are 
getting paid different amounts for the same procedure by different insurers. Right. But this is not going to be like we're not going to be seeing people going to get an MRI done or get an X-ray done. And you're going to have a menu in front of you that has, you know, specific costs laid out here. That's where I I think the the, the trick is going to be, because I think the consumer would expect to have some sort of of easy way to be able to do that. And, and that may not be possible within this system. But I think that that actually what what you just said in, in terms of this this menu, that's kind of what these tools that exist right now provide, right? Okay. So you know, for something like an MRI, you know, for uh, you know a, a, an extra you know a, a lower limb or something like that, right? These are kind of like the best case scenario in terms of you know, kind of doesn't matter who you get it from, you know, it'll be perfectly fine no matter what. And people are being provided these tools, and and, and as the tool said. It, People aren't are using them very much, right? Um, and and we're not seeing uh, we're not seeing big big changes in, in behavior. That's all. Yeah, no, I totally agree that providing just uh, sort of a mean or a median price uh, at the hospital level is not going to be super helpful. It'll still tell you that okay, pen is more expensive than some some hospital out there somewhere. Sure, but you probably already knew that based on reputation and and so on. So I think what will be really helpful is you know for each hospital it. To the extent they can, you know, give you some idea of variation across insurers. Right. So you can not just price shop for the provider; you can also price shop for the insurer when you're thinking about, you know, which insurer I should enroll with. Back to the phones in Andover, Massachusetts. Mike is on the line. Mike, go ahead, sir. Hi, folks. Uh, thank you for taking my call. First, and I just have a quick comment. As I said to the person screening. Um, quite candidly, my mom has late-stage uh, thoracic cancer, lung cancer, and it's metastasized. Um, knock on wood, she's on remission, but um, as of about six months ago, they put her on an immunotherapy, also known as Keytruda. And while we follow her care team and we love them dearly, um, it was quite a shock to get the first bill that she did, and a bag of that, which is no bigger than your then your smartphone was $39,000 and her out-of-pocket was 2000 So thankfully, I'm not critiquing, uh, thankfully she's in a position to pay that copay and, you know, it, it's doing exactly what it was intended to do. So we feel right. like we're, we're, you know, very uh, lucky in that regard. But, but long story short, it, um, the, the $39,000 was quite a sticker shock when we opened the, the uh, paperwork. Mike, Thank th- Mike, thanks for the call. And there brings up another question uh, of the people that have the resources to be able to, to pay for these medicines and understand the pricing part of it. And then you have a, a, a large sector of the American public that doesn't have that ability. Yeah, and actually he also <clears throat> raised this issue that I think we've not really discussed so much so far is pharmaceutical pricing. So drug pricing is certainly an important issue. Mike, or Matt, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I think uh, Mike and, and good luck and... and uh, you know, sorry to hear about uh, your your mom and the situation. But that uh, you know, this is exactly you know th- this this issue that you know is kind of outside of transparency. I think in, in being debated right now, you know, in the the Democratic debate last night, I think this issue of of you know some of these therapies, which are amazing therapies, and and uh, and, and just helping helping people tremendously. They're really expensive, and they're probably going to be really expensive no matter uh, you know whether prices are transparent or not. How do you think, then, th- this idea of transparency, we've talked about how it, it's potentially going to impact the consumer. How do you think this is going to impact the health system? You, Atul mentioned like, the University of Pennsylvania, but how is it going to impact the health system or the hospital specifically 
and, and kind of using the dynamic of what we see here in Philadelphia, you have several hospital systems that are that are very, very strong, yet you also have a hospital, Hahnemann, which it was just announced this week, uh, which has been a longtime hospital here in the Philadelphia area, is going to most likely close its doors because of its economic problems that, that it's having right now. So how do you think the hospital systems are going to be impacted by this? That's a great question, and I, I think this is another kind of uh, very speculative but potentially rosy scenario, is that you could imagine having transparency on, on some of you know, what hospitals are, are paid for different types of procedures and so on is actually you know, increasing kind of hospital and provider knowledge on these things. Because I, I would imagine that many physicians who provide this care yeah. also have no idea what the relative prices for these various things are. And so the way that they're providing care might not be taking these things into account you know, as, as much as they, they, they might otherwise, right? And so that, I guess a, a rosy scenario would be, uh, you know, not only consumers, but also the providers themselves start yeah. to understand the, the economics of the situation better, and, and maybe that influences how they provide care and, and kind of the efficiency of that. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I think the best case we can hope for is that insurers observe these prices, and then at least for the commodity-type services, they start bargaining them down. And so you start seeing a reduction in price dispersion, at least for commodities. So that would be the best case on the supply side. And then on the demand side, yeah, we've already discussed all the things yep. that consumers can do. Great having you both here. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having nice me. Nice meeting you both. Thanks, Thank you very much. Uh, Matthew Grennan and Atul Gupta, both holding the title of Assistant Professor in Healthcare Management here at the Wharton School. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.